Talkfest. Talkfest. Talkfest podcast. Hello everyone. Welcome to the Talkfest podcast with me, your always reliable and honest host, Ben Mbogo. Now, before we dive into today's episode, I want to take this opportunity to thank you guys, you my listeners, the people forming my audience. Honestly, the support has been so immense, the support has been great, and I couldn't have done this without you. All right, so thank you so much from our local audience here in Kenya to our international audience and all the people from the USA, Germany, Canada, and Mauritius. I want to say a big thank you. Thank you for all your comments. Thank you for your suggestions, your recommendations. Thank you for your advice. I promise we will ensure that in every episode, we put in what you guys think we should do to make this better. Not just for us, but for you who is being informed. All right. Now, how well do you understand your mental health? And how often do you take care of your mental health? Right. What do you do when you get stressed? What do you do when you get depressed? My name is Gladys Kamau and one of the ways in which I cope with my stress is by talking about it. I have a really great support system. My best friend keeps me in check. You know, I feel really comfortable talking about my problems and I feel like at the end of the day, once I speak them out, I feel much better. The problem might still be there, but at least I know that I'm not handling it alone. My name is Benson Abila. Whenever I get stressed, what I do is I relax. Meditation works for me. I sit down, breathe in, breathe out, and try to do away with the negative thing. All right. Now, mental health issues have become a growing problem amongst students here in Kenya. Right? It has become what I can call an unspoken problem that we have in our society. There are a lot of students who are suffering but are afraid to speak about it. And now more than ever, even the government has termed it an epidemic amongst university students. Now, last year alone, we had five reported suicide cases from universities in Kenya. We had a case in, from KU, we had a case from MKU, we had a case from Masinde Muliro, and we had a case from Chuka University. All these were suicidal cases. And, you know, these institutions actually tried to find out what could have caused these suicidal cases to take place. And one thing was clear, students are depressed. Students actually have the highest rates of mental health related illnesses and disorders in Kenya, you know? And you know, the other thing is that we actually fall in that bracket of youths from 15 to 24. And statistics has it that the youth, we you know, those of us who fall in that age bracket from 15 years to 24 years, we are the ones who are the most vulnerable to mental health illness. We, the millennials, we, the students in colleges, the students in campuses, the students in universities, the students in these technical training institutes. My question is, why? And what are we doing about it? And therefore, this episode will uncover this hidden side to university life that is always thrown under the bus whenever issues facing university students arise. And how can we ensure that every student is able to talk about their feelings in a safe and non-judgmental environment. Guys, 
I think now more than ever, we need to hear this conversation. Hi, Fowen. I've been a victim. I've been a victim of mental health. And at some point, I felt it's as if it was my problem to take care of myself. Guys, this is one of the points. This is one of the times in your life where you need to let someone in. This is one of the times that it's okay to feel vulnerable and let people help you. Because if you don't talk about it, no one will know you actually need help. All right? You see, mental health is different from physical health. Right? For physical health, you know, you might be having fever. You know, you might not be, you know, physically okay. That can easily be seen. All right? If you have a friend who maybe has high fever, you can see it. You can approach them. You're like, you know, hi, you know, how, how are you? How are you doing? You don't look okay and all that. Yeah? The problem with mental health, you can't easily see it. You can't easily see it in another person, right? And that's why it's your responsibility, right? When, when you feel you're not okay, it's your responsibility to let people in, to share in that pain, that grief, you know, that challenge that you're going through, that situation that you're going through, right? That's the only way you can get help. When we treat depression, when we treat mental health illness like just having another bad day, we will lose that battle. So what exactly is mental health? And how can you take care of your mental health? All right. And even as you are in your university, you are in your college, you are in your campus. All right. There's a lot of stress that goes on. There's a lot of things, you know, especially for those of us who come from, you know, poor backgrounds. How can you ensure that this is not a precursor to you developing mental health related complications or mental health illness and now since everyone is working from home i got the opportunity to get in touch with the mental health expert through a phone call to shed more light on what mental health is and how best to deal with mental health issues such as depression anxiety and many more now my guest today on the show is dr frida kameti Dr. Frida Kameti is a mental health expert with the Africa Mental Health Foundation, which aims at conducting mental health research and distribution of findings and developing innovative practices for mental health services in the context of prevailing sociocultural and economic factors in Africa. Welcome to the show, Dr. Frida Kameti. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Now, to start us off, what exactly is mental health? And why do we need to take care of our mental health? Well, mental health um, really encompasses just about everything, uh, your overall well-being. Uh, for the most part, most people seem to focus on just the physical health, but mental health basically is your whole well-being, uh, mentally, physically, emotionally, uh, and spiritually, for those who, you know, um, take spirituality uh, seriously. Um, so mental health is basically you taking care of yourself, uh, and not just physically, but internally, taking care of your psyche so that you're able to, you're able to function on a daily basis. Um, it's sometimes which, you know, um, can be influenced by external factors and, uh, the environment, um, biology can also influence our mental health. And that's just part, a little bit of what really encompasses mental health. What are those common types of mental health disorders that most people face? 
Um, well, I mean, in mental health, we have, what, over 300 uh, mental disorders. So most of what we see is uh, uh, mood disorders, so like depression. Uh, we have uh, bipolar mood disorder. We have uh, drug and al alcohol um, uh, abuse. We do have um, the illnesses like schizophrenia. Um, we have eating disorders, which actually uh, people ignore, but they are very, very common. Um, so we do have a lot of illnesses, and then we also have illnesses that are sort of um, people that people experience them in terms of what we call somatization. So someone will say, "I keep having this headache that doesn't seem to go away. I keep having this backache that uh, doesn't seem to go away." But ideally, when you take a, a depth uh, history, then you find that there's actually an underlying mental health uh, disorder. I want us to talk about mood disorders, right? And in particular depression. This is something that affects many people. I mean, you know, for, for, for many people, they go through depression without even knowing it. Take us a bit through that. Well, depression is a mood disorder which can be caused by a few factors. Uh, there are people who have been exposed to mental disorder maybe because it, um, it runs in the family. Um, there are people who are experiencing mental disorder because uh, it's basically a chemical imbalance in the brain for some um, and so I'm not really going to get into the scientific uh, terms of it, but in layman terms, it's basically the chemicals that sort of balance uh, your happiness, your sadness, basically your emotions. Um, they don't work well, or either one is higher and the other one is lower, or vice versa. And so what happens then, you find someone's mood seem to sort of fluctuate, either they're very, very low or they're very, very high. Um, and, and so, and then there are also um, those uh, there's depression, which is also caused by drug and substance abuse. There are people who are actually allergic to these substances, and so whenever they consume them, it, it sort of changes their their it alters their their personality, so to speak, which can either cause depression or can cause euphoria, which is basically this sort of heightened happiness that is explained. Um, and then, of course, we also have the environment, which basically maybe if I, if, if I live in a toxic environment where my family is toxic or there's domestic violence, then I, I'm predisposed to depression because of the things that I see around me. So depression and the youth, depression encompass students. What is not happening? What, what, what do you think is not happening? Well, I mean, there's a lot of pressure when you're on campus. There's pressure to do well in school. Um, there's pressure to, to, to fit in with your, with your friends. There's also pressure from, there's, there's pressure from your faculty. There are deadlines. Um, now we have, we have joblessness in the country. Obviously, most people are looking at it and thinking, "Why am I spending my time? Um, why am I spending my time going to school if I'm not even going to get a job when I'm done?" So you find that there's lack of motivation, lack of interest in really uh, paying attention to your classwork. Then there's also, like I said, pressure from just the uh, you know the external uh, peer pressure. I'm trying to fit in. Uh, I'm expected to sort of dress like this. I'm supposed to hang out with the cool clique. There's just so much pressure for me to fit in. So before I know it, I start to get depressed. 
because maybe I'm doing things that I ordinarily wouldn't do or that are against my values so that I can actually fit in. For instance, I can start using drugs because the clique I want to hang out with, they also use drugs. So, but it's not in my nature or my values are against using drugs. But because of my need to really fit in, I find myself using drugs and then I start to resent myself for that. And that's where now depression starts to kick in. So, so basically peer pressure and trying to fit in in these niches in the society that you're not really sure is maybe the meant for us or, or, or if maybe they're even going to fit in the first place. Exactly, exactly. Because we all want to be accepted. It's, a, it's, it's an inherent human character. We all want to be accepted. And so when we don't get accepted, you know, then we start to we start to really have maybe like low self-esteem. Uh, we start to hate ourselves, and that's sort of how depression starts to kick in. And so, does it mean that the institutions, the universities, the colleges, technical training institutes, does it mean that the management is not doing anything to ensure that you know at least you know if you get yourself in that state where you're stressed or depressed as a student? It can at least be able to get help. Well, I don't know about the institutions. I do know that the several, uh, several institutions that I've talked to over the years, they they do have um, they do have a, like a sort of like a student help center, and they actually do encourage students to go seek help. But the students themselves will not seek help. Most of the students and young people that I've talked to will not seek help because, again, like I mentioned, we want to fit in. And what happens if my friends find out that I'm going to talk to someone because I'm feeling depressed? You know, it is that stigma associated with talking to someone or getting help. Um, and so you find that in as much as the institutions, they still have, the institutions can create policies to make sure you're not being bullied, to make sure that there are services in place or there are things in place that can actually be resources that are available for students who wants to seek help. But the problem is, are the students really going to seek help because of the stigma associated with mental illnesses? So, yeah, the institutions can only do so much. Yeah, that's not to say that they don't have a role to play, but they can only do so much by providing the resources that the students need and making sure that their policies to obviously safeguard the, the students but if the students themselves are not able to come out and ask for the help, then it's really not going to help. And uh, suicide. Let's talk about suicide for a while. I mean, in most cases, this is actually the end result you know, of being depressed, the end result of being stressed, maybe the end result of you know, uh, being a victim of a mental health illness or disorder. I mean, what is, what is happening? I mean, why, why, would you, why would you choose the easy way out? Why would someone choose the easy way out? Well, let me first of all start by correcting you. Suicide is not an easy way out. I stand corrected. Yes, it's not an easy way out. But for someone who's depressed, who looks at the tunnel and does not see a light at all, who looks everywhere and doesn't feel supported, doesn't feel like they can get help, then for them, suicide then sort of feels like an easy way out. People who um, complete suicide are usually in a very, very dark space. And for them, actually, they always feel like a burden for the most part. And they feel that if I end my life, then I, then I don't have to be a burden to anyone. And, and, and for them, it is the pain that they feel that they want to end. They don't necessarily not want to leave. 
it's the pain they want to stop. And maybe they've tried several attempts, maybe they've sought help that didn't, you know, didn't, didn't really help them, or maybe they, they are afraid of even, you know, reaching out because of the stigma associated with reaching out. So it is that pain that they want to stop. The only thing is, you know, and I always say this, is that there is always help when you need it. You've got to reach out and, you know, but we also have to be kind to each other because I cannot take help if I'm feeling suicidal, if I don't feel like I'm safe, if I don't feel I can trust the people I'm going to talk to. The other thing is I always tell people depression is real. It happens. But the thing about it is once you, once you go down that path, you cannot come back. Now, we have not talked to those who completed suicide to really know what happens when they get to the other side. Does the pain end? What, you know, are they happier? We don't know. The thing is, it's, it's irreversible. But what's not irreversible is you being able to reach out to get the help that you need. And that's the most important thing, is making sure that people understand that there is help. They just need to reach out. And for us to be kind enough, you know, to put ourselves in those shoes so that we can actually be able to be safe people for those people to reach out to us. So so in short, you mean suicide is impulsive? It's, it's not impulsive. That's just the thing. It's not impulsive. The thing is, yes, if you do have, you know, a, a, a pre-existing condition, say bipolar, yes, you do have impulsive behaviors. That's part of the condition, right? But those impulsive decisions sometimes are made from a place where you're, you're thinking irrationally. You're not thinking straight. On a normal day, if you're thinking straight, then suicide will not be something you will think about. Or even if you thought about, you will be able to go through why do I want to do this? What will I gain from it? What? How will it affect those around me? Okay. But when I'm being irrational and I'm not in a good space, then obviously I am going to make very impulsive uh, decisions. But I don't want people to just think, well, they always do that because they're being impulsive. Yeah, part of it is we tend to, we, as a society, we tend to sort of blame the victim without necessarily understanding or putting ourselves in their shoes. So how can we maintain a positive mental health, especially for us, the campus students, the students in universities and colleges, how can we maintain a positive mental health? So part of it is, first of all, uh, being a brother's keeper. Being a brother's keeper, you know, you knowing your friends well to where you can tell when something is off and reaching out to them even sometimes before they reach out to you. And also you being a better person so that they can feel safe to reach out to you. Two, you can talk to people. You know, we, we, we always think that if we have to talk to people, then if we are vulnerable, then that means that we are weak. Well, that's, being vulnerable is actually strength. It is not being weak. Me reaching out and saying I'm not okay. Me reaching out saying I'm depressed and I'm feeling suicidal. That is actually strength because you're beating the odds. Because imagine how many people really come out to seek help. Very few of them do. So being vulnerable is actually strength. It is not a weakness. And then also being able to just take care of each other. Like I said, 
being a brother's keeper is very, very important. But also becoming very self-aware, knowing yourself well enough, exploring who you are and what makes you is very important. And developing some strategies or rather what we call coping skills for when we're stressed. So exams are coming up and, you know, I'm not ready, what do I do? Um, being able to use those skills. And these are skills you don't only use when you're when you're stressed out or when you're depressed. These are skills that you incorporate in your life that they become part of parcel of you. Right? So if I usually like say like taking a walk calms me down after a stressful day, I don't need to wait when I'm stressed. I can make it a routine where I walk every day for thirty minutes. So that when I'm really feeling depressed, because remember when I'm feeling depressed, I don't want to do anything. I don't have interest in doing anything. But if I can incorporate walking into my lifestyle, then it's not, it, it's something that I'll just come out and do even though I'm feeling depressed. Yeah. And then also being an advocate for those that have mental health issues, being an advocate by speaking out, being an advocate by encouraging. Being an advocate by making sure that whenever there's mental health awareness going on, you're always encouraging people to, you know, to join you. Um, and that, you know, that's how you really can keep your mental health. You can have a healthy mental health. But also remembering that taking care of your physical self, because if I don't take care of my physical self, chances are I'll start having physical illnesses and things like that, which can translate to having a mental health issue because say for instance if I don't take care of my health and I start say I'm eating very poorly and I, I, I get diabetes, I am going to start uh, stressing about my diabetes. And before I know it I have a chronic illness and it's stressing me out and it's very easy for me to slide into depression. Okay? So it's kind of a cycle that you have to be aware of. We focus a lot on physical health and forgetting about mental health. But my belief is always you can't do one without the other. You've got to come both. Oh, in 10th September, it's World Suicide Prevention Day, right? And exactly a month later, that is on 10th October, it's also World Mental Health Day, right? Now, as we approach this day, what three words do you think should define our path to mental happiness? One, um, it is okay not to be okay. And then the other thing is that there is help. And our past doesn't define us. It is how we react to our past that will actually define us. So guys, you've heard it from the mental health expert herself. It's okay to not be okay. And there is always help. Whenever you feel low, just know that people out here have your back. All right? And whatever sort of help you need, you will definitely get do not take the easy way out. Do not take the easy way out. And I want to say a big thank you to everyone who made this episode a success. Thank you. Thank you so much. We couldn't have done this without you. And until next time, please make sure you share this episode to all your friends, with all your contacts, right? On IG, on Facebook, and all social media platforms. Until next time, I've been your loyal trustworthy and reliable host, Ben Mbogo. Adios.